Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Raptor Queens podcast, the first ever all-woman podcast covering the Toronto Raptors. My name is Sarah Khalil, and I'm here with my other Queens of the North, Allison Hope and Sonali Sharma. It's been a rough week for Raptors fans, and it's been five games since... The Raptors have played five games since the last time we recorded, unfortunately recording only one win during that time. This is... Very unusual for the Raptors to go one and four over any five-game stretch, but that's what we're dealing with. And if for some reason you hear any disappointment or sadness or frustration or annoyance or any negative feelings in our voices, it's because we just watched the Raptors lose their second straight game by a single point. Ugh. So that's not fun. Anyway, we're going to get into it, cover all the Raptors games over the past week, also got our regular segments king of the north joker of the week we've got some tea time and you know what we actually have something really cute raptors related for tea time you're gonna want to stick around to hear what it is so that you are in the know about all the cute things we've also got some less cute things and i don't know maybe some stuff going down finally we're gonna look around the league covid issues games being canceled what are we gonna do and then predictions for the upcoming week. So all of that coming your way, starting with a recap of the last five games. So first, we played against the Celtics. Big L. Personally, I'm hoping to erase that game from my memory. It was awful. Then, the Phoenix Suns. Also a loss. In my opinion, this is where things start to turn around. I got some comments coming later on, but we're going to hear from the other ladies as well. Sacramento Kings, a win, a win in the middle of the week, and it was a good win, and it was a fun game. Warriors, one-point loss. Trailblazers tonight, second night of a back-to-back, one-point loss. Allison, over to you. So for the Boston game, uh, they came out really strong in the first quarter, put up 32 points, and then the wheels fell off in the second quarter. We scored... 14 points and the game was really not close after the first quarter and the score was quite flattering to the Raptors because this was this was a beat down and and actually it was worse because the Celtics were missing Kemba and Jeff Teague and Marcus Smart so we had uh, the rookie Peyton Pritchard going full Kobe mode on us and Tatum went off for 40. Boston was very effective from distance. They shot 51% from three and we hit 35% from three. Uh, Aaron Baines and Alex Flynn, uh, 24 minutes at the center position, 0.6 rebounds. uh, OG uh, in 30 minutes, 10 points. He was one for four from three. So his struggles from distance continued in that game. I guess on the bright side, we only had 10 turnovers. Um, and our ball handlers only had um, three between them. So what we saw was a big hole at the center spot, shots not falling, and we need more from OG than what we saw in this game. And then Phoenix, which was always going to be a difficult game right from the start. Uh, OG, Pascal, Kyle, and Fred all played more than 38 minutes, which is a lot of playing time. Pascal had a huge game and the Raptors actually shot 40% from, from three. Um, They did a good job on Devin Booker 
defensively. He was only three for eight um, from three, and he's a lethal offensive weapon from distance. Uh, but what the Suns got was balanced scoring across the roster. And just um, Jay Crowder was a very nice pickup for them. And I'm kind of curious about his uh, departure from Miami. Um, he was six for nine from three and put up 21 points um, in the 35 minutes that he played. Uh, the Suns had seven players in double digits. And I mean, the rebounding disparity wasn't big in this game, but again, we had a strong first quarter and then we lost each quarter after that. Yeah. One, one thing on the Phoenix game that I really want to give credit to Phoenix, they have great team chemistry and they're well coached. And in the fourth quarter, when like the Raptors had it relatively close, bringing it into the fourth quarter and Phoenix came in with the intention of shutting it down, that this was not going to be a close game. The Raptors were not going to close it out. And that's exactly what they did. Um, they, they put it away early in the fourth quarter. And, you know, maybe there's a reason that Phoenix has the best record in the league. Yeah. Surprisingly, or, or maybe not surprisingly. And um, Chris Paul was a really good pickup as well. I, I was surprised that OKC let him go, but um, we'll probably talk about that later. And then getting to the Sacramento game, that was a super fun game to watch. Um, I did watch some of that at work or all of it. Um, at the end of the first quarter, it was uh, 46 to 35. It's And I, it was such a high scoring quarter. And I was thinking, oh, we're in trouble. And, and I think a three-point shot was taken away from um, the Kings uh, because there was a foot on the line. But then they proceeded to put together three solid quarters of ball. And uh, they uh, laid 36 points on the Kings in the second quarter, 40 in the third, and 33 in the fourth. And I've never seen such high-scoring quarters. But of course, because the Raptors set a record uh, for the most points in regulation. Um, OG was cold again from three. He was zero from four, zero for four. But I really do think he's going to come around. And in this game, Pascal was one rebound short of a triple double. And uh, Alex Len did get quite a quick yank after five minutes. He was um, minus 12 in five minutes. Norm had a nice game from three. He was four from five with 22 points. And Chris Boucher had a monster game. Uh, 23 points and 10 rebounds and three blocks. Uh, the tempo of this game was just incredible. There was very little half court offense, um, a lot of um, fast break ball and that uh, Tyrese Halliburton uh, five from seven from three, he is going to be fabulous. And then I just realized um, that uh, Hassan Whiteside is somehow uh moved on to another team. Uh, he was on the bench with Sacramento. He did not play. Um, so for our second win, this game was a little bit more positive for me because the Raptors actually took control of this game. It took them a while to assert themselves to take that game from the Knicks, but this game, they were in control after the first quarter all the way. Yeah. Maybe before we get into the back-to-back, -back, we can just generally talk about what seemed to me like a turning point for the Raptors play. Now I understand that we're going to talk about those two back-to-back -back losses that just came, but they both came by one point only. And to me, 
Phoenix, actually this, this West Coast road trip was, is really important and actually turned around or has the potential to turn around the Raptors season because we were watching games at the beginning of the season that were sluggish and slow and sad. Like I was just sad watching them, but starting with the Phoenix game, there was actually energy that was being brought by the Raptors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Sarah. I think that game, just even with Pascal, you could see that, you know, the return of spicy P was there. Um, You know, he, it was the first game in a very long time that he had um, over 30 points. Well, so I've been referring to the Phoenix game as the sneeze and it's probably not that funny, but it makes me laugh. There was this one play by Pascal. Actually, it could have been one of three, and I can't remember the exact one. It was either when he went in with a big slam dunk, or he had this great fast break layup. And I had this experience, like I just sneezed, finally, after waiting for eight months. That's what it was like when I watched this play. I was like, oh, finally! And since that moment, it wasn't just a one-time thing. He's been on fire since then. And so I am referring to the Phoenix game as the sneeze. You're welcome to join me if you think it's cool. Or if you think it's lame, that's also fine. But I've been loving watching Pascal play since he sneezed. (laughs) The big sneeze. I like it. Thanks. I do too. That's why I've been calling it that. (laughs) And oftentimes when you get too close to the sun, you sneeze. I don't know. I usually sneeze. There you go. That's a good point about the earlier games and the lack of energy. That second game against the the Pelicans, I I mean, they were flat. Um, This didn't look like the team that we know. And these last few games, the Boston game aside, but you're absolutely right. The Phoenix game, there was a spark there. And I, I think they've built on that this week. I agree. I think though, like what's sort of missing for me is like y'all know that like last last um, last season last year I was really focusing on the bench players um, and our bench. Like it just seems like there's lots of still tinkering around. You know, we saw like um, Malachi Flynn have some minutes, and same with Watanabe, but like Nick Nurse. I don't know. There's the chemistry is lacking. We can't seem to find the right yeah. sort of unit in that in in with those bench players. That, that's a good point. And let's let's talk about that when we talk about the next two games because I think that's important. But one thing before we get into this back to back, I think the other thing that has really helped with the spark is I'm sorry to say this benching Aaron Baines, and I think part of the problem is that the game moves way too fast for Aaron Baines. Raptors play very, very fast basketball. And when he was on the court, he couldn't play at that pace and it just wrecked the energy. And so now we've got at least the right top six, Norman Boucher being five and six, um, that can at least play at the right speed. And then with our bench guys, I think Stanley brings the right speed. Surprisingly, Stanley Johnson with extended minutes. Who would have guessed that? I don't even know. But um, he's, he's got the right speed on defense. And I think that's really important. I, I was a bit surprised we didn't see Baines tonight against Nurkic. 
Um, I'm not. I, he's unplayable. I, I just bench him until he learns how to play with Kyle. He can't play with Kyle at all. He can't catch a single one of Kyle's passes. Uh, yeah, that's an issue. But I just, I, I kind of had a feeling we might see him matched up against Nurkic, but Nurkic. Uh, they went with Len. Yeah, and Nurkic, Nurkic, I wish I could pronounce names properly, Nurkic, um, didn't really play. So like perhaps it would have been different if he was, he only played 13 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about tonight's games, Allison, Golden State and Portland. Oh, so yeah, this has been a little bit heartbreaking. Um, the Golden State game, I, I really think that the two um, quick fouls on Norm in the first quarter really altered the tempo of the game. I mean, we came out well, but um, I, I think that had an effect. Uh, we uh, all three of us in the group commented about how um, Draymond had Kyle in a post up and wouldn't uh, back him down. Uh, he passed out of the post up. So that was kind of cool that we all noticed that at the same time. Um, Norm had some issues and then there were three quick turnovers and then, uh, you know, we were fighting from behind for the whole game. Um, Fred certainly shut Steph down and Boucher, um, with the six blocks and how many shots did he alter and how many passes did he deflect? And I always think I, I wish that deflections were counted in the box score, but I mean, kind of this game. It came down to the clutch and it also came down to free throws and we um, only hit 14 of 22 free throws. So we didn't really help ourselves in this game. The game I was, have, I just have to tell our fans like in our WhatsApp group is at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I just wrote, they have to hit all their free throws in like giant letters. And then who was it? Went to the line, missed both. <laughs> it's just, like crying to myself, like maybe I just wanted it too badly. Anyway, that's why they lost. One reason. Keep going, Allison. So, and I mean, it came down to the last shot. It was kind of a clear out for Pascal. And I kind of wondered if he'd do the same thing that he did in Detroit and just drive straight to the rim, but he didn't. And he took a, a shot from the free throw line that was contested. It rolled in, rolled out. And it seems like we've had a lot of those shots that go in and then roll back out. Um, I'm sure st statistically we don't have any more than any other team, but it just seems like we've had an awful lot of them. And then tonight uh, we played great for about 42 minutes and then went into an offensive drought uh, against Portland. Um, Portland is not an easy team. I mean, they don't play a lot of defense, but Dame and CJ are very dangerous and Carmelo always seems to come up big against us. And, you know, it's really unfortunate to lose this game with Pascal getting the first triple double of his career and on his birthday, Chris Boucher playing his heart out and Kyle and Fred. It's just unfortunate that that four, four to six minutes of, of time there in the fourth quarter, the offensive drought. So, yeah, that was the game. This is a moment of silence that you're all hearing <laughs> for the game. <laughs> no further comments. Yeah, no, it was that. I, I think that last six minutes was the end of a back-to-back -back, um, fatigue. And like even, even watching, I'm not going to lie, I was watching there and it was seven minutes left and I just thought, okay, just put them away, thinking there were only two minutes left in the game. No, still seven minutes. Uh, if I'm tired, 
they're tired. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, okay, let's talk about Fred's, Fred's defense on Steph Curry. Steph Curry went two for 16 from the field. And Fred was chasing him around like a madman. It was fantastic. He must have nightmares about Fred. And one of you guys made a comment um, a couple weeks ago about Fred having strong hands. That was bang on. I'm not sure which of you or who said it, but yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that was a great observation. Yeah, strong hands, fast hands. Um, <laughs> there was that one play he was called for an offensive foul for, um, I guess, setting a screen and Draymond just like fell over. Oh, and there was, and the commentator, I think it was Leo, was like, oh, Fred just got really strong, I guess. And it was kind of funny because Draymond's so much bigger. He shouldn't have fallen over. It was a, clearly a flop. But also, let's not underestimate, Fred is a very, very strong guy. Um, okay. Uh, what else? Okay. Pascal, Boucher, we've talked about. What are your other highlights from the last two games? Yeah. I mean, like, it just, you know, last year we were second in the league for, in terms of our defense this year, we're what number 23, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think our defense is coming back and, uh, yeah, I, um, I guess, oh yeah, I was talking to both of you about this before. It's just, you know, we're going to be seeing Chris Boucher playing every single game, which is going to be really exciting to watch. And then in the upcoming games. So I'm really excited for him and happy birthday to him. <laughs> happy birthday, Chris Boucher. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you guys think about the bench? What, I mean, you alluded to it early, earlier, Sonalia, and I kind of cut you off, um, mm -hmm. but what, what were your other thoughts about? Yeah. I mean, we need more points and we, we touched on this a few, um, maybe was it last week's episode or a, a few episodes ago about, Norman Powell and just, you know, we're not seeing enough points from these, these, these guys. So we need more offensive play from them. And, uh, you know, these bigger guys, like you, you, you already talked about this, Sarah, is that they're playing a bit slower and they're not, um, for someone who is a playmaker, like Kyle Lowry, you've got to really be quick, like, you know, with that kind of emotional intelligence and that, ball up ball IQ I mean even just watching the Golden State Warriors the other night and the way Steph Curry the way that Damian Lee um uh Wanamaker all these guys are just you know he's sort of conducting this beautiful um symphony that's happening there and we need to get that in the with our Raptors team and the bench players especially I like how you said symphony and also as much as it stings to lose to the Raptors to the Warriors by one point, I just want to say I'm really happy for Steph Curry this week after taking so much slander and people disrespecting him as a player and then coming out and scoring 62 points and followed by 38. Like y'all just don't respect, don't disrespect that guy. Even though Fred can play great defense on him, you have to actually play great defense on him and his team still won and he's still a playmaker. And Steph Curry is one of the best all-time point guards, guards in the lead league ever. And just no disrespect to that guy. Yeah, the man changed the game, the, the, you know. And, uh, yeah, these young guys, like Andrew Wiggins, like, is doing incredibly well. And it just goes to show the, the culture there that Steve Kerr and Steph 
Curry have together created, right? I think they're probably buddies off the court. I feel like they have same vibes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Ben- bench play still an issue. What do you guys think of Matt Thomas seeing zero minutes? Yeah, this is odd. Um, I, I'm kind of a little bit um, confused about how many minutes Stanley's getting. And I mean, the way Nick Nurse has been like very frank in the media about um, calling out players for not playing defense. Um, and then I know last year when he did that, people would come in the next game and, and have a big game. So maybe he's just making an extended point here. I don't know, but yeah, I'm surprised Matt Thomas hasn't seen minutes. Um, I'm super excited to see, um, Utah Watanabe getting minutes. That guy is quick and he has really good instincts, uh, off the ball. Um, and he's, you know, he's a tall guy. Uh, he's quite long. So yeah, I'm. Did you see that like super cute block he had against Steph Curry in the last game? And it was just so sweet. Why was it cute? I don't know because it's just he's so cute. If he's cute, okay, yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> All right. And Terrence Davis, you know he. I think he hit at least one three tonight, but he's been kind of cold. He's not the same player. And given what he's, you know, his issues, maybe that's not surprising. So, yeah, I think the bench is really um, in flux. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it seems like the Raptors have, are starting to find an identity separate from who they were with Mark and Serge. And I think that, was a really important thing that needed to happen. It wasn't going to work to just plug a different center into what Mark and Serge were able to provide. And so we had to adjust and find another way to play. Um, Small and fast seems to be working to a point. And then someone like Ennis Cantor comes in and dominates on the boards and is just bigger than everyone and then you have a problem so certain matchups this might not work doesn't work and uh we'll figure out what to do about that but um, i'm glad to see the raptors energy come back and i think this west coast road trip was a really good thing for them maybe just even leaving tampa bay was important just getting out of there um, okay, so let's move into our regular segments then. Uh, King of the North. I'm very curious about people's picks this week. Very curious indeed. Sonali, would you like to go first? I think um, Pascal is my King of the North this week. Really? So I know. He, you know, he he broke some records and he we're starting to see all-star quality come back. And just like what you were saying about like, you know, sort of Steph Curry. I know there's a lot of people uh, slandering spicy P out there right now too. And saying that, you know, he's the reason why the Raptors are losing all these games, but he's actually the one who's, who's the getting the points for us. Right. So it uh, like hindsight is 2020. He is our guy and he's continuing to be that guy. And tonight he was really angry after this game. So maybe that'll just like, fire him up for the next matchup. Yeah. And I think you have to give credit to his playmaking. I mean, 
at almost a triple double. Was it Sacramento? Almost a triple double. Yes. Yep. Yeah. A triple double tonight. He is, he's clearly reading defenses so much better. He's not forcing his shots. He's waiting for double teams to come to him or he's taking one-on-one if the matchup's there. And I think, I think you're right, Sonali. Um, uh, a large part of the Raptors' energy has to be because your best player is actually being your best player. Whether or not he should always be taking the game-making shots, game-winning shots, which is what has been drawn up by Nurse basically since the Boston series, that I don't know about. Maybe that's a conversation for another time. Allison, who's your king of North? I'm going with Chris Boucher just because of the confidence that he's showing. And it's just so nice to see him putting it all together. And, you know, especially tonight, he looked like he was feeling it. And after that one, um, when he snuck in and Pascal made that lovely no look pass and he just came in from the dunker spot and just the like jubilation on his face, um, you know, like I know Sonali, you were really high on him last year and I guess you have a good eye because um, it's been so nice to watch him this week. So he's my King of the North. Yeah. He just has a lot of energy and he seems like he's positive off and, like on the court, like he just has that is is sort of sort of vibe. And, you know, 28 years young, the guy's got a lot of a lot of many years to go. So I'm excited for him. Sarah? Well, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record because for the third week in a row, I'm picking Chris Boucher as my king of the north. I just I'm so impressed by this guy. Oh my God. I think he's third in the lead in, league in blocks. He's not even that tall. He's long. He's fast. He's got good body position, good timing. I just, I just, I just love when he comes on the floor. I think he makes the right plays. He's a good playmaker and, or sorry, uh, he's a good playmaker. It's that he makes game winning plays and does the right thing when he's there. And so he's always got this positive impact. I just love it. And then um, it was, one of, one of the things that was said about him during the broadcast today is that when asked about his recent good play, he said that the game just really is slowing down for him. And I love that as he's just like, he's getting that much quicker. His reads are that much better. He's just learning. And I don't know. I can't, I can't say enough good things about Chris Boucher. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll pick a different player next week, but for now I'm sticking with him. And that's right. just like a sign of maturity too, right? When you can process things and take that time to process it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing. No arrogance at all. This guy's just humble and hungry all the time. It's Number 25, block party. Chris Boucher. Woo-hoo. We should all get Boucher jerseys. All right. Uh, Joker of the week. Who's not being who we need them to be. Allison, go ahead. Oh man, I had to go with Norm. Um, And it was kind of a toss up, but tonight just watching the three passes like slip through his fingers, I think maybe one of them was a deflection and then he tried to save it out of bounds, but sort of uncharacteristic. I mean, he did redeem himself somewhat through the game, but just you know, he's not been himself. He made a really bad pass against Golden State when he was uh, kind of doubled in the paint and the pass was picked off. So 
I hate to do it, but Norm, Joker of the Week. That's fair. I think the only game I've seen this season where he's really has had his head in the game was against Sacramento. Like, really, his head was in the game. So, fair enough. Sonali? Yeah, I think I have to say Norman as well, too. I mean, I was excited to see him starting against Golden State, but, you know, your points, Allison, it just... He's not the we the norm quality that I want him to be. So, yeah, Norman. Norman W.C. Powell, you are my joker of the week as well. Um, I'm going to go off off the court and I'm going to pick Masai and Bobby, whoever was responsible for losing Serge. (laughs) And actually, to be honest, not losing Serge. It's not just that. I do think this is going to be something we regret. I, I just think that we didn't make the right offseason moves and new moves need to be made. So maybe this can be more of a looking forward type of comment as opposed to a I'm so angry backward comment, even though it's probably both. But I would like to see the front office comment and or maybe consider <laughs> uh, what they're going to be doing to make the bench better. And if they're not going to strengthen the five positions specifically, then probably your four position or something. I don't know. I just, Nick Nurse is doing his best with the pieces he has. And I think he's missing two key pieces. And one of them is probably big, like physically big. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We have a big hole at center. Yeah. So I, I and I, I don't know how to fill it. Fortunately, that's not my job. <laughs> but I can see that it needs to be filled. I mean, as much as we love Chris Boucher, I can't imagine him um, against um, Jokic. Like that's going to be, oh boy, a a battle. Exactly. Maybe that's where Freddie comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Strong hands. Um, All right. Well, let's move into our tea time. We promised some. We promised our listeners some sweet tea. So Sonali, still. Well, we have some sweet tea, but then we also have the bitter taste of COVID that keeps lingering. So, um, so you know, I'm, I I I try to think of some uplifting stories this week, and one of them is about our. <sighs> Sexy benchman, um, Yuti Watanabe. Um, his name is not spe- is not pronounced Watanabe. It is Watanabe, but he's been kind of a sensation on Twitter in the last little while because he's got quite a fan following of young women and men and people from all around um, as sort of Watanabe's, B-A-E. So a fan club has emerged with... Um, what is con- who is considered to be one of the sexiest players in the NBA right now. So it's very exciting for him. He's getting a lot of fanfare from our Toronto folks. And uh, yeah, he's just such a little, he's such a fascinating person and he is really cute. So who, who needs Serge? We, we got, we can replace sexy. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. He's making our bench look a lot sexier. That's, that's actually really cute. Um, like, I, I I don't think I'm a, what, Nabe? Bay? Bay? 
but that's fine. Um, I still think it's really, really sweet and adorable. Yeah, and I think there's like been a petition that's floating around on the internet to get Nick Nurse and his suits back to the games because we haven't seen him in a suit in a really long time. So I guess a lot of people miss Nick Nurse wearing suits to games. He's got a checked suit that looks suspiciously like my, my love seat. Upholstery <laughs> meets tunnel fashion. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of the bitter taste of COVID, there is, has been, man, COVID is just wreaking havoc all over the place and that does not exclude the NBA. Games are being canceled because there are enough players um, based on the health and safety protocols. Um, three games canceled in the last two days. And yeah, what was the NBA going to do? Board of Governors is having an emergency meeting, talk about some things. Uh, as I understand it, one of the things they're going to be talking about is could they potentially um, increase the roster or um, add practice players to their team who are allowed to, you know, replace the roster or, you know, join join and play games on a quick basis um, in the event that, you know, their roster gets diminished. So what do, what do you guys think? This is not going to go away. This is going to be an issue for the whole, the whole season. It was kind of strange. Uh, Philly played, um, and I, I'm drawing a blank who, uh, who they were up against. And they were down several roster players um, to the extent that uh, there were very few rotation players. And that the, the league allowed that game to um, proceed. So, and then, you know, yesterday uh, there was a postponement and then today there were two. So it was just weird how the Philly game was handled. Um, maybe it's just because this is cumulative now and it's starting to snowball. I don't know. Yeah. And that was, um, I think that was also where the issue of um, reporting players on the injury report list um sort of surfaced as well too because uh i think they the the 76ers got fined twenty five thousand dollars for um i think for doc rivers not um reporting ben simmons on that injury report list oh that's right mm -hmm. yeah that's right yeah so it's yeah it's really weird times and with the spike in cases again and this new variant that has come from the uk who knows? It's going to be another whack-a-mole season. <laughs> well, and like, Allison, you were you were mentioning offline. Maybe you can talk about it now. There's also just been so many major inju injuries to key players on teams, um, possibly due to a shortened offseason, uh, maybe due to, you know, extended minutes due because of COVID rotations. But who are some of the key players that have been injured, um, Allison? Just looking through at the injury reports, I mean, there are a lot of injuries, but looking at like season ending injuries, um, Bogdan Bogdanovich from Atlanta and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie for Brooklyn, and that's got to be a huge blow for them. I mean, Clay Thompson, uh, we all know about that. Uh, John Morant. And then Orlando losing Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. 
So uh, yeah, throw in COVID and, you know, this is kind of a disaster for these teams. I really think this is going to be a weird season, like just in terms of how it is already is a weird season, but standings, I think are going to be odd, which teams actually make the playoffs, how the playoffs go, because there's so much unpredictability, far, far more than any other season that we've dealt with. You've always had possible injuries as throwing a wrench in your plans, but I mean, now we just have no idea. Yeah. Like what's up with Denver? Like this is, you know, the league is, it's been upended this year. You're, you're right about unpredictability. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just a strange year. Um, and then, you know, with Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving, is now as of I think he's reported for not striking in tomorrow. Is that his third or his fourth game that he's missing for personal reasons? So uh, he was out against Philly uh, January seventh, uh, January eighth against Memphis, the tenth against the Clippers, and then uh, out tomorrow as well. So that will be the fourth game. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, they're not really valid. Verify, verifiable reports. Um, one, we've there are rumors, rumors that he's partying in Toronto with Drake, which would be super unprofessional if that's the case. And I'm not sure if that's actually the case. It's probably more likely that this is a personal protest um, with respect to Black Lives Matter and political unrest in the states. That's probably more likely. Like he's always been very outspoken about that. And I just don't know how you could possibly justify that the reason you're not there playing basketball is because you've crossed an international border to go party with Drake in Toronto. I don't think you can justify that and have any kind of, the consequences would be huge. Or Drake was in New York, but regardless, it's a bad look. Oh, was it New York? Well, okay. I, I, no, I don't think it's confirmed. Um, it's just kind of floating yeah, out there. It, it's just a rumor, but yeah. Anyway, good times all around at Brooklyn. <laughs> As if Jade was here, she'd be so happy. She's not predicting this is going to go well. But they were coming in so like hot, and then their, do you think it's their jerseys? I think it's their court, Sarah. Well, yeah, I was thinking of their court too, but they've changed their court this year. It's not that awful, awful gray, but their jerseys are a terrible color. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just it really throws me off of being a Brooklyn fan. All these colors. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like they're five and six. I don't think anyone would have predicted that for them at this point. And like you said, Sarah, it's, it's been a crazy, unpredictable year. Anyway, moving on from Brooklyn's court colors in this unpredictable season, we are now going to predict the Raptors record for the next week of games um after a really uh heavy intense week we are returning back to tampa bay playing against the hornets on thursday and then again against the hornets on saturday so only actually two games to predict this week i would call it a home and away but it's actually a home and home allison what do you predict i think we'll go one and one Okay. Any particular reason? Just <laughs> no, no. Um, 
I mean, winning one of these games is going to be good. Um, I just don't see us winning two, but I get once again, hopefully I am wrong as I hoped I was wrong last week, but was not. Yeah. Okay. Sonali. Yeah. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Allison too. I think one and one, one win, one loss. Sarah. Well, I don't know. Should I just follow suit or make make an informed decision? You're a rugged individualist. So should I guess zero two or two zero? (laughs) Oh, come on. I think we all know the answer to that. Fine. I predict two zero because (laughs) why not? You know, there's no reason why they can't beat the Hornets twice, except perhaps the lack of a center. But I'm going to just ignore that and I'm going to go with two zero. (laughs) Yeah. You can't get stung twice because then it's bad on you. So hopefully they only, they don't get stung at all. That should be, that should be our, uh, our tweet from our Raptors account. You can't get stung twice. (laughs) But also, okay. So like the Hornets, can we just, like, I did want to, I did want to um, pay. I did want to congratulate LaMelo Ball for being like the youngest player in the NBA to get a triple double. So like, good for him. Like that's good for him, but we're going to shut you down. Cause now I've got Sarah's energy. Well, right. and Cody Zeller is out with a broken hand. So, um, well, I, I don't think he's exactly an all-star center, but yeah. So maybe, maybe we can string two wins, but I'm going to stick with my one and one. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. Okay, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And that's it. Yep. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Really great to have you all here. If you aren't sick of hearing my voice and you loved hearing me talk about the Raptors and their road trip, I will be uh, joining Raptors Republic for a video podcast. Um, we're recording this week. Not sure when it's released because it's not in my hands, but you're welcome to also listen to that. Obviously, it's a free world. And uh, I hope that you all are there. And yeah, stay Raptors fans, everybody. Woo-hoo. Yeah, stay safe. Mask up. The North. We the norm, hopefully. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>